Welcome to Creativity, the podcast where art and engineering collide. In this podcast, we discuss our personal creative endeavors, ranging from woodworking to electronics to arts and life in general. My name is Jeremy S. Cook, and this is my co-host, Max Maker. Hi, everybody. Our special guest this week is Alex Wilson, someone that I've actually worked with in the past. Alex is an engineering technician, an Army veteran with a wide variety of interests ranging from coding, entrepreneurship, music, and even aquaponics. Today, we'll discuss Alex's pursuits and even get into the pros and cons of going out on your own. So, Alex, let me ask you, how did you get into wait, programming? Wait, wait, wait. Before we get into some of your interests, Alex, like coding, etc., um, can we had a great discussion last week on what tool brands we preferred? My favorite, of course, is um, <laughs> What have you found to be the best? Well, I, I can attest to only the I've used at work, which is only a drill, but uh, in personal use, uh, I like the, the newer stuff the older stuff is a little unreliable but the stuff that's yeah right. it's cheap the batteries I, they're continuously good um and granted i don't do a ton of projects um i've never had anything die on me including a um uh what would that be called just a, a zaza power saw that i just recently used to cut through some plumbing which hit oh boy so much stuff i have to blurt out <laughs> <laughs> i i bought one thing from and it's uh, like a countersunk it's a drill a pre-drill and a countersunk combined yes. and it's not sharp at all <laughs> it, it couldn't cut into plastic oh wow <laughs> like it doesn't work at all and i bought this in america you know i flew all the way over there just to get this right and your trip that you went to florida where you uh just to just to go to home depot in uh yeah harbor freight correct was that exactly wow very That's disappointed great. and the worst thing is they come with allen keys uh, but they are not metric, of course. They're oh, American. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, of so course. Can't that's, that's the best. <laughs> Imperial. I mean, you guys, you guys try to come over here and you know tell us to use the metric system. I mean, just because it's all divisible by ten, you know. Let's not get into this. Just because it's easier to calculate doesn't mean it's better, right? Of course, yeah. Yeah, absolutely right. I I love the how is it called the Imperial system. Yeah. <laughs> so Alex, <laughs> now that we got this out of the system. Yes. Tell us a little bit about you. Who are you? What do you do? Okay. Um, right now, I'm, I'm an engineering tech at a reliable sprinkler. But um, really, I love uh, programming and making music. Those are really my two biggest passions. Programming was a weird thing that came later in life as somewhat of a necessity, but also kind of like this uh, ability to build projects with unlimited resources because there's no cost for bits. So that was pretty fun. What do you mean no cost for bits? Because it's digital. Right, exactly. Yeah, you can build infinite sized things so long as your computer's uh, powerful enough to handle it. Very true, yeah. That's very true. And so how did you get into programming? Because you said it's, it was kind of by force? Right, yeah. I was trying to find a job after the military and I kind of developed this idea, you know, well, hey, maybe I'll love programming. I know they make good salaries. And I accidentally fell in love with it. I thought it was just going to be something to be uh, a profession, but um, it is a way of thinking. I, I think I apply a programmatic way of thinking to pretty much everything I do now. Yes. Well, that's that's what we engineers do, I guess. That's yeah, true. But how actually physically did you sit down and uh, start read a book or did you do tutorials? Okay. So first I went to school for it and... Um, that was surprisingly not useful. It, it gave me the background. <laughs> like a community <laughs> college? Right, exactly, yes. I went to a community school. Um, it's called uh, Tri-County Tech. 
um, I went there for a two-year degree and I learned the fundamentals. It wasn't that the education was bad. It was just that it didn't teach me anything about programming that I actually wanted to do. You know, we didn't really cover data science. We didn't cover web development, anything like that. We basically learned how to manipulate things at the processor level. So it's not very exciting to me. I mean, that, that sounds kind of fun to me. I mean, so you were actually, they were actually teaching you how, you know, this bit goes in and this bit goes out. Is that, is that right? A kind yeah, of lower C, level stuff? Yeah, C was our starting language and um, assembly was another one we learned that was quite low when you're actually manipulating the memory registers inside the, the CPU. Yes. Oh, wow. Very specific. And yes, I think very, very far <laughs> away from an iPhone app, right? Quite a bit. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know, the programming you do you do now, I mean, I know you've integrated at Raspberry Pi into some of the stuff at work, but, you know, you use something called ladder logic, and I think that's something that most programmers are not familiar with. Can you maybe uh, maybe talk about that a little bit? And what I mean, did you learn anything about that in school? Yeah, the second time I went through, yes, they taught us quite a bit about ladder logic. Um, and it's interesting having seen it from both sides of the aisle because um, it kind of shows you how almost everything is programming because... Uh, you know, a circuit is essentially a program. You're just not typing, you're using wires to make statements and execute functions. So it's it's kind of a, it was it was a neat parallel to see how letter logic is essentially a drawn circuit that represents code. So I thought it was cool and it, it's, it's kind of expanded my ability to think about what a program is. So is that like a, a language or is it a way of thinking? It's, it's really both, it's, um, it's uh, are you, of course you're familiar with circuits. So you basically, ladder logic, you have your positive side on, on one side of the um, ladder, as they call it, and on the other side you have outputs, which would be your neutral line, and then you have conditions in between, and when the conditions are all true, that circuit becomes true. Uh -huh. And then that function executes. Very specific. I mean, I mean the, way it, the way it's written is almost, almost as if it's the lowest lowest logic you could have, right? I've, I've never never quite gotten an answer whether that's the actual bits in the program or not. Is that, it, is that right or is it just a representation You are of manipulating that? things at quite a low level. If you're manipulating a bit in like something like um, direct logic, that is actually a bit. You're not representing um, like a, a tag that is a bit somewhere else. You're, you're messing directly with memory. Uh, it's not quite as low level as assembly, but it is very low level, yes. No, I just it, you know, to me it's interesting because you know in, in engineering school, even as a mechanical engineer, you have to learn some programming. I'm sure, I'm sure Max did that as well. You said you had to, you were kind of forced into it, correct, Max? Uh, yes, and I'm grateful for it. <laughs> like my first, right. my first, um, I never did programming, never. I was always with computers. Like from a very small child, like four years old, I was with the computer. You know, I know them in and out basically, but I never got into programming. Um, and then at university, I kind of thought it was already too late, you know, to start started actually and then we had this module yeah programming 101 basically and the teacher wasn't that great um, <laughs> in explaining it to us like we really didn't learn much in his lectures and i bought the book it was like uh, we learned c sharp which is like the standard um windows program language i guess i think minesweeper <clears throat> is done with c sharp so for those that are not into programming <laughs> they have an example of what you can do with it um and I, I read the book. I read, I thought, okay, I need to learn this. I need to pass this module. So I read page by page by page. And I actually did 200 pages, wow. did all the exercises. And I think I'm, I'm quite happy with my knowledge so far. 
So that's interesting. So now, now Max, you're a you're not a mechanical engineer, but you're something. A, what, what's your engineering degree? A in? Product design engineer. So it's product a little design. bit like mechanical engineering, but more for consumer products. Okay, but you know, as, as a mechanical engineer, which I guess mostly the same. It, you know, we had to take a electrical engineering first for a non-majors class, and. I always I got the impression that they put the worst professors in there for the mechanical engineers because <laughs> and maybe it's the same ah, for okay maybe it was the same for you could, could um, very well be yeah I don't know maybe maybe I shouldn't say that uh, <laughs> what was that that could be the case definitely yeah I mean I mean why would they put the best in there it's like oh it's the mechanical engineering department why why waste our best professors it's a waste on of that? time yeah they they made us a uh, program like a a model for a gas cooker. So they said, um, take a gas cooker. I want a program that is like a gas cooker, but digital. So you can put pans on the oven, turn it on, turn it to different levels. The flame size has to change. Uh, I want you to have an oven in there so you can program the oven to start the next day at two o'clock and go for like 10 minutes at 200 degrees, stuff like that. Oh, so, so are you actually doing like a PID loop and stuff or was it? I don't even know what it is, but to was those it? listening and have, <laughs> okay. and, and have no idea how this works, or how they would do this um that's that was my situation or all our situation of my my friends as well we had no idea how to do that and um, we kind of helped each other we worked on this for like three weeks straight every day we were in the computer labs programming and learning how to do this and you know they forced us to do it but now we knew how to do it and everybody actually learned it so it's definitely learnable if you just apply yourself that's that's the message i got from this and it opens up a whole new Very world cool. of working you know i can do so much stuff now that i was never um able before Yes. Yeah, I, I think that's a great thing about engineering school or any any school. You know, you see, the, it's it's sad to say, but there's a lot of things that I've forgotten or don't haven't used from school. But at the same time, you know, I was able to learn that at some time, and you, you learn learn that this stuff that seems impossible, like like calculus or <laughs> thermodynamics. Oh, yeah. You know, you study it enough, you could put your mind to it, and you can yeah. do it. I mean, I'm still not convinced that anybody really understood thermodynamics. <laughs> I, I like thermodynamics. You know, I got a, uh, I think it was 97 on my first. It, well, that's a that's a whole whole different story. But um, I actually had to take it twi <laughs> twice, so that's why I got such a good, that's why I got such a good good grade on the first test. But you know, once you get to the end, it's like, oh, I understand all this. It's just, you know, my grades could be a little a little better at this point. Yeah, but at the end, grades don't matter very much. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you get that first yeah. job, and then if you do good, do good stuff. Then hopefully you can uh, uh, con your way into better and better <laughs> jobs over over the course of your career. Yeah, definitely. Or, or you know, you quit you quit like you and I have, and uh, you know, work in our basements or, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and I heard Alex wants to do the same soon, or not? Well, I uh, a buddy and I recently met up, and yeah, we're discussing this whole entrepreneurial aspect of things. Um, we're trying to get into the realm of making music for creators. We want to do um, royalty-free music seems to be somewhat of a hassle online. So oh, we're, yeah. we're trying to tackle that by making music that is more suited for soundtrack stuff and potentially mixing music for people who have very little time or desire to do that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, I can I can attest to that myself. Um, you know, in my videos, I try to come up with some free free music to to use and I've used the uh, was a free music archive or something and you know you can find some stuff but after a few videos it's like well there's like you know 20 songs that are pretty good and then you just yeah. have to recycle them and, <laughs> yeah and um 
Actually, on the last video I just put out uh, yesterday, Alex did this the um, the sound for it and the mixing, and I've, I've been you know quite quite pleased awesome. with it. So uh, you know, hopefully that'll continue. I, I really liked it. You the know. sound was pretty good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was a chip tune effort. My very first chip tune effort, actually. Uh, I tried to reach back into my childhood of my days playing on the NES. That's pretty impressive. I mean, you know, so what what kind of music is your normal? Well, genre? honestly, uh, most of my life I've played uh, rock. Uh, anything from metal to grungy to even there was a small phase where I played emo type stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, oh. guitar, drums, bass, keys are what I typically play. Wow, that's pretty pretty good uh, variety of music. I I wish I could I wish I could get into all that. I just never um, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I took a stab at playing bass when I was younger, <laughs> but I haven't picked it up in a long time. My my son found my guitar and he's like, oh, can you play that guitar, Daddy? I'm like. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I can, and maybe. maybe I can. <laughs> yeah, I wish I, I had learned an instrument as a kid. Because when I hear a great song, like you know, I, I listen to Stevie Wonder, and I think, oh man, I want to make something like that. <laughs> Just like one song. <laughs> yes. Yes, it's it is. There's it is. I know exactly what you're talking about. You get this. Um, you hear this uh, inspirational melody, and you're like, I, I want to create something like that. And uh, yeah, the, it got deep in me. I, I still I want to get to the point where I can create a, a masterpiece one day. We'll see. We'll see if it can happen. Yeah, I, I guess it's the same with design. You know, I see objects um, like cool stuff, and I think, my man, I wish I would have come up with something like that. Mm. So, so Alex, I mean, you know, music is your you kind of kind of your entrepreneurial vision right now. But this isn't your first stab working at working oh, for no. yourself, is it? I mean, I know you. Uh, You've dabbled in aquaponics. What uh, I think people would love to hear about that. Um, well, I haven't actually done anything practical with that. Um, I've done tons of studying, tons of research, and I've actually <laughs> I've done more programming-wise for that than anything else because I actually made a um, like basically a little simulation for what the ladder logic would be doing in that situation, controlling lights and stuff like that. That was me just being bored. I just wanted to live out the dream that I couldn't afford to pay for. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but as far as uh, other hobbies I've done that were uh, entrepreneurial, I did have an idea for a like a form building website, and I would go into that. But it's 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 not that I have a secret; it's just that it's kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, I know you told me a little bit about that. We don't have to you know, discuss the specifics, but I was like, I don't know if I should ask him about that or if that's a source subject or, or what, because I know you it's something you've been, I guess, working right. on for a while, yeah. right? Yeah, so, I mean, basically, it's a, um, it's a form for inspections. And, you know, it's hard, wow. it's hard to find. <laughs> yes, it sounds very exciting. Um, it, <laughs> the problem is with it, people who, the people who are conducting these inspections, um, they frequently have trouble typing quickly, either due to the device they're using or just their inability to do that. So the goal was to be able to create a database of phrases. So whenever they encounter this inspection item in the field, they can type the first couple letters or uh, a set of letters from oh, anywhere okay. in it and then enter it and make things go faster. And there were obviously a lot more features than that, but um, that was the key one that I wanted to hit. It would have been the sales so you could point. say like engine lights check something like that. Yes, yes, yeah, and you could yeah, or you know, hopefully it would be something longer like, uh, <laughs> uh, like if it were for sticking with the car model, we'll say uh, air filter was replaced with an HVAC filter for some reason. We took that out <laughs> or something like that. Oh, so 
<laughs> so it would be like an app so you just type in air filter and you like a car mechanic does it like every day right so you would just have to type in air and that would probably come up first exactly so if there was you know and they would be ranked by uh commonality so the things that were most commonly found would be at top and the uh, least common would be bottom I, I think that's a great idea thank you it's um the reason i bailed i actually came very close uh to in this latest version uh, i just started thinking about parting ways with um, my uh, real life job. And I didn't want to put myself in a position to where I wasn't treating my customers right. And I was also treating my employer badly by giving them divided attention. So uh, I saw kind of a, ch uh, a choke point and I put it on a hiatus for the, you know, somewhat near future. It's not going to happen for a while. <laughs> Okay. Okay. That makes that makes sense. I mean, have you ever have you ever considered just doing such a bad job that they fire you? <laughs> I was actually afraid of that. So. All right. So so as I think I've we mentioned, uh, Max and I both work for ourselves. Um, you know, kind of kind of like kind of like Alex was saying. You know, there's some good and bad things about it. What do you what do you see, Max, as the best and worst aspects of working for yourself? Uh, the worst aspect uh, aspect is definitely lack of colleagues. I think. I find it much easier to concentrate and to be motivated and actually to be productive when I have people around me. I had the same at university, like sometimes on the weekends I would go to the library and just work there because I would see all the other people are working. So it's easier for me to work myself. See, I, I was the exact opposite. I, I would go to, at a, when I was in school, in college, I, I went to the library, but I went to the lowest basement and made sure I was by <laughs> myself so nobody... I would see nobody because I just had to be by myself to concentrate. It's just, I don't know if that's, I don't know. How, how do you, how do you see yourself, Alex? I know you kind of, you like to work for yourself. Yes, I guess, I, right? Yeah. I'm more like you on this one, Jeremy. Um, uh, I, I share the love that Max has of working with people. Um, it's, it makes it so much more interesting to bounce ideas off people, but when it actually comes to productivity, I need to have like laser focus on what I'm doing and I need, and for that, I need solitude if I can get it. I, I entirely agree. I mean, yeah. I, you know, like, you know, when I was in, I guess I had to keep going back to college, but you know, I was in college. It's nice to have sometimes things for people to bounce ideas off of, but at the end of the day, I got to just be there and, you know, bounce things off <laughs> myself. <I guess. laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess being with people is not working with them directly. It's more like, you know, the banter in between, you yes. know, having a break. I, I do miss that. I, but I mean, there's nothing productive about that, though. I mean, as for me, it was, um, you know, at work and, you know, I think they, I actually worked at the same place Alex does for, for quite a while. Re and, reliable um, sprinklers? There were, yeah, I did. It was, uh, it was a pretty, good, it was it pretty good place to work. I can honestly say it was. I, I like I like the company was, name. It's, <laughs> it's, it's as if like there are so many unreliable sprinklers. <laughs> <laughs> we need to come up with a reliable one. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, it's to the point, right? Like, like Max Maker. I mean, what does that guy do? I guess he makes stuff. Well, right? yeah, my my parents they had a they had a mission for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, my my last name's Cook, so I guess I'm uh, you know, I, uh, def defying defying the odds, doing something different. Um. But yeah, you know, when where we worked before, I mean, there was like one guy. I remember I attached a, um, it was like a biscuit, like a 
I don't know if I don't know if you had the same thing in Germany, but they there was like a a biscuit from Hardee's. Yeah, you know, with like sausage and um, a biscuit with sausage in it. So I guess that's not like a you know exotic food or anything. But anyway, so he was a little bit shorter than I was, so I, I stuck it in the ceiling panel and I set up a GoPro camera to see what he would do. And I, you know, in the back of my mind, I was hoping that he'd come in and start like jumping and trying to trying to get the biscuit, but he never did. He just got. The weird thing is, he looks at the camera and he looks over there, and then he got, you know, the, like the two uh, the two women that work, work in the office and came got them to come in to complain to them, and I, I don't understand. <laughs> I guess he thought they'd feel sorry for him or something, but it was, <laughs> you know, and then he, he thought I would he thought it was me because you know I'm, I, I'm six foot four, I, I'm the tallest guy there. He's like, oh, Jeremy, you're the only one that could have done this, and so I tried to show that I couldn't do it. Because I'm not quite that. So did tall. you do it or not? But um, did you do that? it or not? Oh, I did it, but I still <laughs> so don't this, share. This is how you lost your job, and Alex got got his. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know they didn't fire me after that. That's that's what that's what I um, that's that's why Alex hasn't been fired yet. He's had such a low bar to live up to. But um, you know, like oh, you know, Jeremy, Jeremy did this. I guess we can't. I guess we can't fire Alex for it. <laughs> You know, losing losing the Allen keys or whatever whatever you did that you know, day. The pranks the pranks have really um, slowed down. Reliables. We've started doing the expansion and stuff with the new building and whatnot. And um, it it is kind of sad. I missed the pranks. It was it was um, it was a lot lighter hearted. Oh, is 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 a biscuit what you get served at Chick Fil A? Yes. Yeah. That's ah, right. Okay, I know what you mean. Then it's not really a biscuit; it's like a burger. Yeah, I mean, but the bread is different. It's like a Chick Fil A. You get it in the morning. I don't know. It, the it's bread a... is different. It's a lot more floury. Like a like a burger has this. Uh, the it's it's just much more like a regular bread. But the biscuit is like a the consistency of the bread is much different. I want to go to Chick Fil A because I saw this. Um, I don't know which YouTube channel it was, but it was a guy that worked at like these fast food restaurants for 24 hours straight. And it was really well made. I think it was from the channel Bon Appetit. Hmm. And he was at Chick-fil-A and it looked really good. The stuff they did and the pride the workers had in their work. Um, yeah, I mean, I will say, you know, for fast food, Chick-fil-A is, is seems like the top of top of the, I guess you can bleep that out if we're bleeping out brand names, but <laughs> seems like the, the best. <laughs> I, I, I think I we know. can it's, keep it's in like the fast food names because let's face it, we'll never get sponsorship from that. <laughs> That's true. I mean, I, I feel like it's, you know, Chick-fil-A, you know, back me up on this, Alex, but I think it's like Chick-fil-A, Wendy's, and like, you know, somewhere down the line is Hardee's and then like way below is McDonald's. Yeah, I loved Wendy's. And I guess Wendy's I was really good. Huh. Yeah, it's pretty pretty tasty, and, and Hardee's is pretty good too. But it's just you know, it, it's you could just tell it's really really oh, yeah. bad for you. Yeah, yeah, it all is. I I think Chick Fil A is definitely in the top. I, I can agree with that for sure. And I, I like McDonald's too. Don't get me wrong. It's just you know you go there and you're like, you know, I want that double cheeseburger. But you know, should I really be eating this? <laughs> Probably not. So that's <clears throat> that's what I have to say, I guess, about that. <laughs> yeah, I think time to move on to next. We didn't talk about the positive things of working on your own. And for me, that's definitely oh. not having to get up and going to work. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Um, I mean, t to be honest, I, I, I keep a pretty set schedule. I mean, I try to get to quote unquote work at eight o'clock. But, you know, like today, you know, I knew I was going to be working a little later to do this podcast. I guess, you know, again, quote unquote work. I, I guess I consider this work. Yeah. But um, 
you know, so at 10 o'clock, I, you know, I did some exercises because I, you know, got to, you know, stay in shape after all the, all the Hardee's <laughs> and McDonald's. Um, but, you know, it's not like I could do that. Even though I had an office at work, it's, it's like, it's not like I could just in the middle of the morning get up and start doing push-ups or, you know, yoga or whatever, whatever, yeah. you know. So Yeah, you can use your time more wisely, nice. I think, more efficiently this way. Mm, yes. Yeah, no, I was I was thinking about that because it's it's like you know per hour you probably get paid a little bit more at least hopefully you do but at the same time I'm probably way way more focused on what I'm actually there to do than I did as an engineer working for somebody else and that's not to say I'm, I was slacking off it's just you know you got meetings you got to interact with people yeah. whatever whereas if you're working for somebody directly as a, f- a freelancer or a small business owner you know you do your job you give them what they want and then. That's it, you know, and then you send your invoices out. Yeah. And Every minute month. I save, I save for myself. <laughs> I save for watching YouTube videos, you know, <laughs> for doing sports, spending nice. time with friends. But at work, you know, I have to stay those eight hours there or 10 for some people in the world, I guess, not not in Germany. Yeah, I, you know, I guess I guess it was one nice thing about Reliable too. It was a, they told us it was a seven and a half hour workday, which I was kind of surprised about. Um <laughs> I mean, not that it was always that, but that was that was the official stance of it. So that was kind of that was kind of nice. So I think we should move on to the next topic, which is progress. What have we done this week? What progress have we made, Alex? What have you done? Uh, today, I actually was trying to figure out how I would make. Uh, so I want to be able. I want users of the data system to be able to define what a shift is. That way, we can include in the data that we're recording, what shift that data happened on. Um, This is surprisingly difficult um, in a system that's going to monitor the entire plant. But uh, today I was kind of working on the architecture for how I wanted to do that, and I was kind of designing a module that would uh, accept an input from like an internet web form, and then that could include the shift data, and then that will be um, pushed into the appropriate table or row. Wow. That really sounds like you're making quite a big system there. It is. It is. It's. It. Uh, this might be the potential groundwork for not only just this facility but the uh, entire company. Oh wow! Uh, and is your employer going to use it? Oh yes, they're already using it. Oh wow! Oh, that, that's yeah, awesome. it's pretty cool. Now I, I know you've done some work with integrating Raspberry Pi into uh, like data tracking. So is this using Raspberry Pi or is it a is that a uh, what, okay, what kind of system so is it? Okay, so as much as I would love on a Maker podcast to say that it is, it is not. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. securing the Raspberry Pi is uh, somewhat difficult. It doesn't have a lot of inherent protection against those who would like to do ill. Um, so we're I'm using mainly systems that are kind of tried and true, and really that just boils down to IT approved. <laughs> So you're you're working closer with the IT department? I wouldn't say this, closely. I'm just doing what they will allow me to do. I have to use things that they okay. say will work. Uh, I know some about security, uh, but I wouldn't call myself an expert by any means. So, so I mean, just so we're clear for the uh, the listeners, I mean, you, you work as an engineering technician. You work for the engineering department, whereas IT is a totally right, separate yeah, department. Yeah, the information, that, information that technology works. guys, they do like, they maintain the computers that people would use and they maintain the database that has the employee records and, and even probably finance records and stuff like that. Um, this system 
they have attempted to manage it in the past, but because they are so detached from production as a ideology, them managing the system is um, not as prudent because they aren't as concerned with the results of that because their mission is totally different than production. That, that makes so, that makes sense. Just it's interesting to see, like, you know, the I guess mid-sized company, just how different different departments have their different, I guess, different um, motivations. Yeah, exactly. I, I guess. Yeah, they have their way. own mission, and we have ours. And I don't think either of us are doing a bad job. It's just that when your if your mission is defined differently, the end result happens at different times, and it happens with different levels of quality. Yeah, I think it must be really hard to be an IT guy at a company. Because, you know, IT guys, they are smart people, oh, they're yes. intelligent, they know what they're doing, <clears throat> and then somebody calls them for some really stupid reasons, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like how our parents call us, they call their colleagues. Right. Yeah. Can you install this software? Yeah, I, I kind of I, I have a different take on that, though, because... You know, I th think about like the different kinds of engineers and you look at an industrial engineer and like everybody thinks they can do that person's job. Yeah. And that's, that's, I'm not saying that's true no, whatsoever, no. but you're like, oh, you just put the table here and what they're, you know, mechanical engineers, you know, I think a certain amount of people know they can do their job and maybe they could, but you know, it's, it's a little more complicated. You know, you got at least looks more complicated because you got gears and pneumatics and whatever else. Whereas the IT guy Nobody sees what's going on inside the computer. I mean, you could do something entirely, totally simple. Take you 10 minutes and just, you know, you could say, oh, this is the hardest <laughs> thing ever. I'm the hero. <laughs> now give me a raise, please. You know what I'm saying? You know, I think honestly in, in American industry right now, probably one of the hardest aspects of dealing with IT, or not dealing with IT, uh, um, working in IT, is um, probably memorizing all of the different stuff from across like 20 windows platforms because we still have stuff in our yeah. plant that is running right now it's not connected to the internet but it is running on windows nt nt that was 98 uh, i don't know the year but i will tell you that it certainly doesn't belong in the facility right now <laughs> these an update I, I, I think it was between 95 and 98 wow I guess you're right, because I mean, because I mean, Windows 95 came out in '95. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so. Well spotted, Jeremy. Well spotted. Thank you. Yeah, and you then know, there was Windows 2000. And Windows 98. I think that came out in 1998 too, right? I, I could be wrong see, about see, that. And then there was Windows 2000. Yeah, it, I'm confused about when NT it, came out. And you know what? It, um, NT should stand for new technology. So like the old Windows editions ran on the um, the Fat 32 yeah. system. And then uh, everybody switched over to NTFS, which was the new technology file system. So I don't know if that started with 98 or not. I don't know. So I think, think I heard that somebody say that Windows 2000 was based on NT. So 1996. Wow. But that's Windows NT 4.0. I don't yes. know about 1.0. 4.0 is the one that we have. 3.1 is 1993. Wow. <laughs> but that's 3.1. I don't... And, and Wikipedia doesn't go further. Uh, yeah, there's, there's no, no knowledge. It's, it, <laughs> the the knowledge has been lost to the ages. We won't. <laughs> well, that was before the internet, right? So that, how can Wikipedia have known? Since we're talking about old technology, uh, Jeremy and me, uh, we had a discussion about Doom. And we heard this rumor that somehow Doom is a 2D software. Do you know anything about this, Alex? So I think that this is possible. Um, it Because the... 
if if you've played any of those games like Doom or uh, Duke Nukem or anything, if have, have you ever noticed that if you spin around the enemies quickly enough, that they're actually they're two dimensional? It's, it's been a while since we played these games. I mean, I yeah, twenty years. Okay, so so if you if you spin around the enemies in that game, you can see that they actually look like um uh, uh what are those things called fatheads or or cardboard cutouts of people. If you spin around them, you can see they're just they're two dimensional. There there's a plane. And on the plane is the cutout shape of a of an enemy or a, or an avatar or what have you. Oh yeah, okay. So I think the 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 way the world is rendered is it's kind of rendered uh, in front of you as a two dimensional plane, and then it changes based on your uh, location, like your 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 um, projected location. That that could be wrong, okay. but that's how like I understand it. So maybe you see them as uh, skewed images, like as projected images, yes. the angles yes. of walls and stuff. That's what I think happens, yes. So Jeremy, what have you made this week? Okay, I guess the coolest thing that's come out, I, I released a video on my uh, Arduino case with built-in strain re relief. Um, Alex actually helped me with the music, as I, as I kind of mentioned earlier. So that was kind of cool to see that actually, I guess, come to fruition. I, I guess the neat thing about that too is it's, a project that I wasn't thinking I'd even produce. It was just like, oh, this is kind of neat. And then, uh, you know, you think about it, so it's, maybe it is cool enough, and I kind of need to see that come together, I guess. Um, yeah. <clears throat> probably the more interesting thing from, uh, I guess, the Maker perspective, I went to the New York Maker Fair this this uh, last week, actually. So that was that oh, was, wow. that was really cool. Um, I wish I could have been there. Yeah, it was great. I got to, you know, I guess the nice thing about it, something like that is you get to see a lot of the people that you... At least in my perspective, people that you work with, and even got to uh, represent Tindy. I don't know if you guys know what that is, but it's uh, oh yeah, okay, yeah, kind of like an Etsy for electronics. But I got to represent them for a few hours, and that was, you know, it's exhausting doing a what amounts to a trade show, but it, you know, it's kind of fun when you when you know about the product and you enjoy it. So that was pretty cool. So how did you represent them? How are you involved? With so them? like. Are you part of the team? Uh, yeah, yes and no. Like I write for their blog, so like if I see something cool that somebody's posted on there, I can write it up, and you know they pay me for that, I, I guess. And um, it, it, so so in this case, since I was going to be in New York, they asked me to be at their table for a few hours and basically just talk about what their what their product is and what what they do. And I don't know, I, I really enjoy it. I'm not like a totally extroverted person, but <clears throat> it's like when you understand something, it's kind of fun to. Just talk talk about it, I guess. Trade shows, you know, if it's just for a few hours, it's nice. If it's for 10 days, it's the <laughs> worst week of your yeah. year. Now, didn't you go to a trade show recently in your uh, in your uh, uh, caravan, yeah. as you say? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, caravanning trade shows are the worst because the people are usually old. They're usually <laughs> retired. Not, it's not old, pe so I like hate, old people. I like old people. Yes. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, the thing is, they're retired. And this trade show that I've been to, it's the biggest, I think, in Europe, maybe the biggest in the world. I'm not sure about that, but definitely the biggest in Europe, definitely the biggest in Germany. Um, and it's a big trade show for RVs, camper vans, motorhomes, camping stuff. And the people, they spend their holidays there. They arrive like three days early. There's a giant campsite right next to the exhibition hall with, uh, I think, 30,000 uh, stayovers over 10 days. So 3,000 people stay there at night, at, at one night. Um, and the people, they walk around this trade show. They don't necessarily want to buy something. They just want entertainment. So how did you entertain them? That makes it really hard because everybody wants to chat, even if they're not interested at all in the product and you have to chat with them. 
Well, yeah, that doesn't sound like much. Ten days straight, eight hours a day. Horrible, horrible. I'd rather go to specific trade shows where there are, you know, business people. Because business people, they just want to do their business to go home. Yeah, I, I was there. <clears throat> I did that for four hours and I was exhausted. So I can only imagine for uh, <laughs> 10 days, eight hours a day. That yeah, sounds that's a run. pretty hard. So um, yeah. I, I guess, Max, you didn't really talk about what you did, though, this this, this week. Anything... Uh, Oh, this week, yeah, the trade show was a long time ago. I upgraded my CNC a little bit. I built a CNC from scratch. Um, some people probably have seen it on my YouTube videos. So it's quite a big CNC. Uh, it used to be bigger. I made it a little bit smaller to fit better into my workshop. Um, but the Z-axis, I saved some money on that, basically. And I did use these proper rails and the proper uh, lead screws. Um, I cheaped out on it, and now I finally had a little bit more money and more justification to spend it on it. So I had a friend of mine, he built me a new Z-axis because he builds uh, commercial CNC machines. So he has the design and the tools and the parts, so he just made me one. Huh, that's awesome. Uh, it was cheaper than, you know, constructing yeah. my own because that would have taken me probably one or two days, I guess, plus making it. And yeah, I installed that, had to modify it quite a bit so it actually fit, but now it's super sturdy. Like I can yank on the Z-axis and it doesn't move a little bit. So really wow. pleased with that. Oh, that's excellent. Well, yeah. we know we're in preparation for the next video. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, we can't wait to see what you come up with, you know, using that then. Insane. Yeah. And, and and you worked on your CNC just a few weeks ago, right? Yeah, I did. I had a um, <clears throat> some problems with the, the bed of it. It, um, <clears throat> you know, here in Florida, it's extremely humid. So it was only locked down on the, on the outside with bolts. So I had a... Um, fly cut the surface again and they just put some more bolts in and stuff you know i, I guess you know with that i actually purchased that cnc because I, I don't know you know it's i guess i could have built my own but it seems like <clears throat> i wanted that to be something that i used to make stuff rather than being the project itself if, if that makes any sense yeah definitely so yeah so it's been a been a good thing that that and I just just moved, so that's been that's been my big project trying to set up my shop again and stuff. So it's been a and uh, what brand CNC is that? It's a Romax. So I'm sure you can Romax. Okay, I, I don't actually know that. Yeah, it's a not a not a really well known brand, but it seems like you know for the um, for the price, it seemed like a really really good value and looked like a decent decent machine. It's been pretty good so far. Yeah, it, it's great to have because you can make literally anything with it. You know, there's no project where you say, oh, I can't do this, I can't do this. You can cut anything. Yeah, it's pretty nice. And, and you know, I don't know if... Do you have a 3D printer, Max? Uh, yeah, Ultimaker. Okay, I haven't gotten one of those yet. I, I keep thinking, like, I don't know. It's just, you know, with the CNC router, you can you can use any material. But, you know, 3D printers do have their advantages, so I... Yeah, it's easier uh, to set up. Yeah, that's, that's nice. You know, if I... Um, put something into Cura and slice it and then it probably takes me five not even five minutes two minutes maybe and it's set up put on the SD card put in the printer and I know it's doing its stuff I don't have to look over it all the time but with the CNC it's much more complicated tool changes the software is not as automatic you know yeah that's true you can cut something in 10 minutes or in 10 hours <laughs> depending on the settings nice. I actually saw something at the the Maker Fair. It was a um, smartphone-based printer, and it used um, I guess it's called a STL method, a stereolithography method. So it's actually going yeah. layer by layer with this visible light. And it was, I think they were on Kickstarter for like two twenty, two hundred twenty dollars. 
obviously you got to provide the smartphone, which in realistically cost. Oh, the smartphone is the projector. The smartphone is the projector. It uses a uh, visible ink or visible uh, resin, I guess. It looked oh, really wow. promising. Okay. I, I'm, I'm very, uh, very hesitant to support a Kickstarter just because it's you know by nature an un- untested product. But right. I'm really tempted as far as that one goes. You know, you know. <laughs> that sounds cool though. Yeah, it looked looked yeah. great. I mean, the quality looked excellent. But on the other hand, he wasn't actually using it at the time, so yeah, it's mm. always always a little bit. There's always a little bit of skepticism. This might be a slight bit of a tangent, but speaking of Kickstarters, did you guys see that bracelet that was supposedly projecting an image onto your wrist that was um, interactive? I think I might have seen it, but not the video. Just like a so, uh, yeah. Oh, what you're. You, Basically, what you're talking about, Jeremy, your skepticism is very healthy because they fabricated the entire thing, but they ended up raising like, I think it was a hundred thousand or two hundred fifty thousand dollars for this device, <laughs> and wow. yes, people were buying into it like crazy. And um, there's a YouTuber who I really like, uh, Captain Disillusion. He made like a three-part video series <laughs> debunking their <laughs> bracelet. It was so good. It was so well done. He makes really good videos. It's uh, really good production. To go on Kickstarter, they want you to have a prototype and they want proof that you have a prototype. So you send them a picture. That's all they want. <laughs> but then with photorealistic renderings, you can't see if it's a prototype or not. Right. So you could just as well fake it. Mm, that's pretty funny. I think... Or I thought back at that time, they had so many, you know, stupid products that I think already exist going away for a lot of money. And I thought, let's do an oil, you know, a general purpose oil. You would just take normal machinist oil, package it in little little bottles, put a nice logo on it and sell it like for $20 and say you can use this for anything. And I guess that would be true, right? You could you could use it for anything. anything. It's machinist oil, you know, it's like the stuff you use for sewing machines. You could... I do use it for everything. It cost me uh, like one euro fifty a bottle. <laughs> wow! <laughs> People would love that on Kickstarter. They would say, "Oh, look, they came up with their own oil." <laughs> obviously, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that, obviously, because it's not the right thing to do. But there are so many crazy projects on Kickstarter. And I think, like, when are these people going to wake up and actually be critical about them? Yeah, no, that's a good, <clears throat> good point. I mean, I think. I think a lot of websites tend to avoid critical reviews and maybe just don't review something. Oh, just curiosity. Um, have you ever heard of snake oil before? Yes. Oh, okay, okay. I was about to say, it would be so funny if you hadn't heard of that, but you invented that about the oil, like the parallel, like the no, genius that, that's, if you accidentally that's what coming I was up talking, with that. that. That was part of the joke. That's what I was thinking the about. snake oil. I should have mentioned snake oil. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, okay. I, I got, I, I'll, that's a lot funnier then. <laughs> yeah, because no, I was sitting here thinking, I was like, he just came up with snake oil on his own. <laughs> I, I mean, I think, I think that would be pretty interesting as kind of a joke, maybe not as an actual product, but I, I think I think people would buy into that. Uh, maybe not. Yeah. You just have to market it correctly. A few weeks ago, there was this, um, they had a laser cutter. That's like a little, it looks like a little GoPro session, like a tiny cube on a tripod. And apparently you can just put this tripod on any surface and it engraves for you, which... You know, it's first of all, it's a tiny cube. How? Where's it getting the power from? It's solar powered, right? Right. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it it draws its power from the environment. Exactly, like your body heat. From and then your body. For, for lasers to actually cut, they need to be in focus. So it's it's not going to work. Let's face it. But they made a sh- 
lot of money really a ton of money yeah i don't know why i just i guess i keep thinking like you put that on top of a steak or something i guess it's about dinner time here so you know and then just cuts <laughs> fillets it for you I, th I think i heard fillet somehow so hopefully it's only going to engrave or I mean, cut paper it could maybe work maybe i mean if it was set up at the right distance right yeah I mean, but, of course uh, you got to get a power supply somehow that's yeah that's you need that problem. and it needs to be um well, yeah, the thing is, if the laser is at one point and the laser doesn't move over the object, it's going to be uh, at a different angle and a different uh, distance away from the object or from the point it's cutting uh, or engraving. Good, good yeah. That's why they have these uh, Z-feta lenses, I think, in stationary lasers. And for laser cutters, they have, obviously, they move the head around, so you get 90-degree cuts. No, I mean, I think, I think it's healthy to have some skepticism, especially... You know, I heard somebody say, well, you know, if it was, if it worked and they were ready to go, why wouldn't somebody fund them? Why do they have to go into Kickstarter? But oh, some Kickstarter, cool stuff come out of there too. You know, in 2012, when it was really starting up, people <clears throat> spent crazy amounts for basic stuff. Like some guy, that, that's what I always kept, uh, I kept in my memory is he sold um, precision machine dice. So the center of gravity is literally in the center of the dice despite the holes that were drilled. And he's like the people, they went crazy. Some people they spent, I think over 80 people spent $600 each on dice. Yeah, the, you get like six out of brass, six aluminum, six stainless steel, tungsten carbide even. I mean, tungsten carbide is pretty cool, but uh, I'm not spending $600 for that. It's great. Yeah, if you drop it, it breaks, I guess. It's true. All right, I think this is... Uh, good time to end the show here so uh, if people want to find out more about you alex where can they follow you and your software your projects sure i can be found on social media at aptly undecided and to keep up to date with our new music visit rnasounds.com i think that's definitely a good idea the music thing because we always struggle finding good music and the right music you know it needs to fit yeah that's what we are trying to do the situation we want to we want people to reach out on social media or email and ask us to find music of a certain type or at the very least search through a catalog with relevant tags and descriptions to make finding the right sounds easier perfect we'll be your first customers if we can afford it by then <laughs> jerry where can we find you so uh, <clears throat> i'm on social media i pretty much only use twitter i'm at jeremy s cook and keeping things consistent on youtube i'm uh, my channel is also jeremy s cook so and for that matter jeremy s cook.com takes you my youtube page so that's pretty much pretty much my deal um you know you might see me writing for different uh different websites and blogs but that's you know kind of a separate thing you know, like uh do that now now what about you max where can we where can we find you my twitter handle is at max underscore maker underscore underscore yt and uh instagram is uh max underscore maker underscore youtube and of course on youtube uh, i've got a new video coming out hopefully this week Stay tuned for that. And how about you, Jeremy? Are you working on the next project? Yeah, I guess, um, <clears throat> I don't know. I'm a little undecided. My next project, you know, I did a lot of work putting my garage together. So I'm thinking maybe I'll do a video on that. Or Of course. I'm also, um, also thinking I need to get a new microphone stand. So I've got a design for that in my head. So <laughs> so we'll see. I got a lot, of, a lot of things in my head. You know, one of, <clears throat> one of the 20 projects will eventually come, come out. So we'll see. Very cool. Very what cool. Happened. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to us. I really appreciate you. If you've got any feedback, criticism, comments, just post them um, on Twitter, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Thanks for being our guest, Alex. We really appreciate it.
Yeah, thank you, Alex. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks very much.